Let's go to the word of the Lord in Psalm number 84. Let's stand for the reading of the word, please. I'm reading from verse number 9. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Father, it's your desire. We live victoriously and as overcomers. We will be tested for sure. But your plan is that we are triumphant in those tests. So, Holy Spirit, reveal this truth to us. Illuminate it. Make it real to each of us. And keep us from presumptuous sins, where we think we know what we're doing, and step out rather than consulting with you. Holy Spirit, anoint me to speak this. Anoint your people to hear it, receive it, apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. The Lord is a sun and shield. He bestows honor and favor. He does not withhold good things from those whose walk is blameless. That's a powerful statement. It gives you prerequisites and it gives you results. Now, one definition of grace has been identified as, as being the undeserved favor of God. Some have defined it that way. Sometimes people think the only kind of favor they receive is undeserved favor. And that's the way they look at that that kind of narrow interpretation. But the word favor in the scriptures has several definitions, as do many words that we have translated into English, have several definitions in their original language, as does, for instance, the word grace. Because many times in the New Testament, the word grace means God's strength. Some people interpret it to mean undeserved favor, but actually it means many times God's strength. My grace, strength, is sufficient. So in that particular instance, its definition and its roots come out of the word strong, strength. There is the favor of God all of us have because of Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ has given us favor because he has come to pay the penalty for our sins. When we accepted Jesus Christ, in fact, while we were still sinners, we've been blessed because God offered the sacrifice for our sins. When you receive Christ as Savior, then you become a part of God's eternal family. You have been blessed with favor when you've accepted Jesus as Savior. And you have been blessed with favor if you have had godly parenting. It's become a rarity almost in our culture. It used to be the norm in American homes years ago. A dad and a mom and children who love God raising their children to do the same. If you've been raised in a family where dad and mom have honored God and raised you to honor God, that's favor in your life. I can tell you this, you have a heavenly father who looks with great favor at you. And favor can grow in your life. You can begin a journey with God that draws 
more favor upon your life. Because the word favor is found 70 times in God's word. Favor can be released upon a person because of obedience. Favor can be released upon a person because of hard work. Favor can be released upon a person because of acts of kindness shown to others. God sees that, and he turns favor in your direction. So today I want to give you six benefits. Listen, six benefits of finding God's favor. And do you have God's favor in your life? Do you desire God's favor in your life? Everybody should say amen to that question. I want the favor of my Father in my life. There are prerequisites for that. And I read, I read the specific one to you, and I'll give you another one a little bit later, about walking blamelessly, whose walk is blameless. But number one, favor can manifest in unusual places. Don't limit God's favor to the mountaintop experiences, because favor can find you in unusual circumstances. Would you expect to find favor in a prison? Joseph did. He was falsely accused and thrown into prison. He was accused of raping his boss's wife, and his boss had him thrown into prison there for a crime he did not commit for 13 years. But favor found Joseph in that prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. The Lord was with Joseph. Joseph was favored, and the word says, the warden of the prison noticed Joseph and gave him authority over everything in the prison system. Favor can find you in a tough job. Favor can find you in an unemployment line. Favor can find you when it's, you seem to be losing everything. Favor is not just with you when you're experiencing a mountaintop. Joseph was in the lowest experience of his life, and favor found him. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Why? Because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Look at that dynamic truth. Your present condition or surroundings place no limitations on God's ability to bring favor into your life. The surroundings or conditions you face do not prevent God from introducing favor into that circumstance. If he could find Joseph in a prison and place favor on him, if God raised Joseph to second in command to the Pharaoh of Egypt, God can favor you in any circumstance you find yourself in. Because something bad has happened in your life, don't say the favor of God is not on my life. Don't say that. No. Favor loves to come into tough circumstances and raise people up out of the ashes. So God gets the glory. So the definition of favor, God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. Favor is the goodness of God on display in your life. And people will give God the credit for what he has done. They will know it was the favor of the Lord. Favor can manifest in unusual circumstances, in a difficult situation, in a low and challenging condition. 
Favor can find you during times of financial reversal. Favor can find you when you've had to go on welfare. Favor can find you when you've had disability. Favor found Joseph. It can find you. Favor can find you in a dysfunctional home. Favor can find you. I want the favor of my father. Number two, God's favor can bring unexpected income. Unexpected. The favor of God working in your life can lead to new sources of income. Anybody believe that the Lord can bring you new sources of income? Israel had come out of bondage after 400 years of being slaves. They had been enslaved and mistreated. But in Exodus 12, watch as they get ready to exit Egypt. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. It's an amazing story. The Hebrews did not borrow one thing. They left Egypt with the gold and the silver and all the precious stones of the Egyptians. They left that economy in Egypt bankrupt. Listen to me. So when Israel walked out into the wilderness, they were laden down with the gold and the silver and the precious stones. The wealth of Egypt, of Egypt was now the wealth of Israel. And so when Moses gets up in the wilderness and he charges the people, it's time for us to build the tabernacle for the Lord, he only had to take one offering. He collected so much, he had to stop the giving. And where did Israel get all that gold? When you read of the golden furniture in God's house, where did that come from? That their furniture was made from gold. It came because favor had come upon the people of the Lord. And the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done. Indeed, too much. When favor came upon God's people, they received income beyond their needs. Why? So they could provide for the needs of the work of the Lord. Favor can provide unexpected income. In places you never thought possible. The gold of the Egyptians became the wealth of the Hebrews. And it's an example of the wealth of the wicked being laid up for the righteous. Some people don't even understand that's in the Bible. It's in Proverbs 13. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. There'll come a time when God will move it from those who won't serve him to those who will. Because of favor in your life. It's God causing men to give to you. And people can lay a financial trap for you. But what they meant for evil, God can turn it into good. Favor can come upon you and miraculous income intersect your circumstance. And I believe God loves his people to prosper. God loves it when his people are blessed. When they're walking according to his word, and in accordance with his word, then he's free to prosper them. He loves to prosper his people. I know some of you will attack others for using the term prosperity because there's been abuses of that use, use of that term. But the word prosperity is in the scripture. So what are you going to believe in? Poverty? Broke? Going nowhere? 
barely making it? Is that the way you want to live your life? You can't help anybody if you've got nothing to give. So I say, God, pour out your blessings on God's people so they can be a blessing. Favor can bring unexpected resource of income so that you can be a blessing, not so you can just be blessed. Does anybody here desire to be a candidate for that kind of blessing? Don't limit God. He won't bless you so you'll be be selfish. He blesses you to be generous. The building you're worshiping in today had miracles involved in its construction. And as we get ready to look at building a new building, some think God's going to have to pawn the pearly gates to get the money we need for our new campus. No. He will bring about a miracle. He will bless businesses. In turn, you will present gifts you never imagined. You could write a check that big. And in addition, everything, listen, everything and everyone, everyone doing his or her part, everyone paying their tithe, everyone making a sacrificial gift, and God's miracle will manifest. God is the same today as when he provided for his people when they left Egypt in the great exodus and they built their tabernacle. How many believe God can so bless you? Some of the money of the wicked could end up in your hands. Absolutely. God can give you financial favor. He shows it in his word. Number three, favor can bring the right companion into your life. (laughs) Great example is found in the life of Ruth. And she had so much working against her in her life. I mean, you think you have problems. Listen, she was a widow. In that day, if you were a widow, you were in a very difficult situation. You had no ability to take care of your needs. She was in a famine, which meant there was no food to eat, no way for them to plant and harvest. She was a stranger in a foreign country. She was living in a place she'd never lived before. She was a Moabitess, and there was a curse upon the Moabites. So that whole nation of which she was a part was under a curse. So she chose, however, to make a break from her past, and she chose to enter into, the, into a covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when she did, favor hit her life. And she prayed, God, send me into a field where I can find favor in the sight of the owner. And what a powerful prayer she prays, because she's looking to gather so they can eat. Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him, in whose sight I may find favor. And you ought to make that your prayer. God placed me in a company, in a business, where I can find favor in the sight of the supervisor. And when Ruth got into the field, she worked the field. Don't let that word offend you. W-O-R-K. She worked. Okay? And the word says the owner of the field, Boaz, saw her. Hmm. And I believe the favor of God is displayed when God's spotlight comes upon you. There were other women out there working in that same field, but the spotlight came upon her. Mm. Boaz noticed her. And she said to him, then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord. And Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the hands full of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them. Before the week was over, 
Ruth owned the field she had been begging in. Because God arranged favor and she married Boaz. Boaz and Ruth have the blessing of God on their relationship. And the favor of God will act like a magnet and attract the right person to your life. They had a son named Obed. Obed had a son named Jesse. Jesse had a son named David. And David became the greatest king Israel has ever had. And he came from a woman who prayed for favor and obtained favor. She got connected with the right companion and blessed in ways that would stagger your imagination. So every single in the house, you need to say, I receive favor for the right companion. That's good. That's good. And everybody ought to say, I receive favor for unexpected income. Say, I receive favor in unusual circumstances. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Number four, favor can present, prevent a disaster in your life. Favor can prevent a disaster in your life. Her name is Esther. Haman's going to wipe out every Jew in Babylon. He plots and he plots, but no weapon formed against her can prosper. And it sounded simple, but watch what she did. She bathed herself and perfumed herself and she primped herself and dressed up and stood in the outer court of the king of Babylon. Would the king grant her access? And there's a story behind that story. See, if you recall what happened to the queen before Esther, (laughs) she would not please the king, her predecessor. She had been disrespectful to the king. And because she did that, he disposed of her. And then they passed a law that if a queen disrespected her husband and walked into his presence uninvited and without respecting him, you will die. Because leadership knew in that part of the world that this had become a dangerous example. Esther's predecessor, the queen before Esther, for the, and this is what they said, the queen's behavior will become known to all women so that they will despise their husbands in their eyes. In other words, we can't let this spread like a disease in our culture. And that had happened to Esther's predecessor. So when Esther pampered and prepared herself to go before the king to plead her case and to plead the case of God's people before the king, she was putting her life on the line. Well, that law now was in effect. And the lady, before, the lady before her, the queen before her, had made a huge mess for all the women of the culture. So Esther said, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I may die doing this. And when the king saw Esther standing in the court, watch. And so it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said to her, what do you wish, Queen Esther? Famous line some of you will remember, as you wish. What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. That's pretty powerful. That's favor. Five times it says that Esther obtained favor 
in the sight of the king. And it prevented a holocaust from taking place among the Jews. The favor of God can come upon you in a court hearing, in a legal matter, in potential disasters, in hopeless circumstances. When we, we ought to, too, as well, go before our king. And there's a lesson in this. Having prepared ourselves, she pre- prepared herself through fasting. She waited before the Lord. She waited for the right moment. She prepared herself physically. She presented her best before the king. We should come before the king and present ourselves in the best possible way. When you know your cause is righteous, when you know your cause is just, boldly pray, God, give me favor to avoid a disaster in my life. Well, I prayed that prayer a few times. Number five, favor can birth a miracle. In Luke 1, watch this. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. This is Jesus' mother. For you have found favor with God. Wow. There are several instances in Scripture where women were barren, could not bear children. And many of them received a visitation from from an angel of the Lord with a message for them that God had heard their prayer. Because under the old covenant, barrenness was considered a sign of the disfavor of God. That was true of David's wife, the daughter of King Saul. Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. That was not a good thing, to get the disfavor of the Lord and despising one worshiping the Lord. Be careful of that. David had been praising God, and she rebuked him. Under the old covenant, barrenness was considered to be a curse. And Hannah, later on in the scripture, could not have children. She was heartbroken for Samuel. She is the mother of the great prophet Samuel, perhaps the greatest of all the prophets in this sense. Not a word he spoke ever fell to the ground. Everything he said happened. 1 Samuel 1, her rival provoked her severely, making her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. She was in agony over not being able to bear children. 1 Samuel 1, 18, and she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. She came before the Lord. She bared her soul. She was fasting, wasn't eating, and the Lord remembered her. And after having found favor, instead of bearing one son, she produced seven children. So you better be careful when you ask for God's favor. You better, you better qualify that a little bit. Yeah. I'm believing God for those at Calvary Christian Center who desire a family as we ask for favor. As that happened for Hannah and for Mary, favor can come to you. God's blessing and favor can come upon you, and you can see the miraculous. When doctors say, nope, nothing can happen here, how many believe we serve the supernatural God of favor? We do. And you see two illustrations of miracles that came to birth because of favor. The angel said, Mary, you are highly favored of God. And though it seems impossible... When favor comes upon your life, the dream and the purpose of God will be birthed through you. 
And I pray that over Calvary Christian Center. I want to see the favor of God come upon the body of Christ. I want to hear praise reports of God's favor in your life. I want to hear testimonies that people with illness and disease that doctors couldn't do anything with, that favor of the Lord healed them. If you will be persistent and keep asking God, I believe he's ready to release his favor on your lives. And the next point, last one, is so important. Please hear it. Number six, favor can be obtained with God and with men. Because the word speaks of this kind of favor. And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor with the Lord and men. So you might be weak in favor when you first begin. But favor can grow. Favor can mature. It can develop. Favor with God, favor with men. Favor with God comes about when your heart is postured right. I read it to you at the beginning when I read you the opening scripture for this message this morning. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. When the posture of the heart is toward honoring the Lord, that's when the favor of the Lord begins. When you're living right, when you're doing right, when you're doing things to bless other people, listen, things sometimes people don't ever see you do, stuff no one knows about. You don't talk about your prayers, but you go into your prayer closet, and there with the Lord. You've talked to the Lord in private about these matters. Then the favor of God begins to shine on your life. You spend time with the Father. You don't brag about it. You don't put it out on the bumper sticker of your car, showing everybody how spiritual you are. But when you just do good deeds, or you gift a gift to, give a gift to someone, and you never announce it, that's an act of kindness. And the favor of God appears. You begin to partner with God, And it brings the favor of God. You see, Israel was told, remember the Lord your God who gives you power to get wealth. That he might establish his covenant. So the money and the resources God was going to provide them was not just to make them wealthy. But so his word and his covenant could be preached and taught. So I'm going to back up. When you begin to partner with God, let's get in partnership, Lord. That brings the favor of God. I watched my dad do that. My dad got into partnership with the Lord. And then he blessed ministry, and he had the favor of the Lord because he partnered with God. Learned that great secret. God showed me the importance of fasting, why it's important to have private fasting, We call the church annually to a Daniel fast. It's a corporate fast. But we should be fasting throughout the year. And we should do it privately. We should make a big show out of it and say, look, I'm fasting this week, everybody. Look how cool I am. No, no, no. You you fast in private when it comes to personal fasting. It becomes a secret place of communion with God. And you seek the face of the Lord. Good stuff begins to happen because you receive the favor of the Lord. There's favor on all of us for forgiveness. There's favor on all of us today because of his righteousness. But there are steps you can take to cause the favor of God to grow in your life 
Samuel grew in favor with God and men. Look at Jesus. And Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and in favor with God and men. There's a great secret in this passage. The first key for favor to come upon your life in a supernatural way, for favor to start to grow, increase in wisdom. Increase in wisdom. And the Holy Spirit has a word for somebody here. Some of you are under too much stress trying to make it all happen in your own strength. When the favor of God comes on you, See, the revelation of who Jesus was really began to manifest in his life when he hit 12 years of age and he had been to the temple with his parents. Jesus' parents forgot him in Jerusalem. It was a big feasting time of the year, and they forgot him in Jerusalem. He was missing for three days. Where's Jesus? And I can imagine Mary grabbed Joseph and she said, Where's Jesus? You have lost God. I mean, he's 12 years old, and he's in this big city all by himself for two days. We haven't seen him. Where's Jesus? Some of you have lost God, and you're not even aware of it. When they get back to Jerusalem, Jesus was in the temple. And Jesus, the living word, responded to his mother Mary, who was asking him, Where have you been? And he says, do you not know I must be about my father's business? They didn't leave Jesus there in the temple, even though he made that declaration. They took him home to Nazareth, and he was subject to his parents. But something in Jesus had drawn him to the temple. His anointing, his passion, his calling caused him to remain behind in the temple. At age 12, he's teaching and astonishing the leaders of God's work in the city of Jerusalem, somewhat premature at 12 years of age. But his parents said, not yet, you're coming home. And Jesus had to grow in wisdom. Listen to me. If Jesus had to grow, and I know you think you're deep, But if Jesus had to grow, if Jesus needed to acquire wisdom, if the Son of God had to study and mature in the Word, we do. In some attempt to make things happen out of time, they're not in sync with the timing of the Lord, and you're under pressure and you're under stress. And try to push God ahead of time, out of your own anxiousness, and you're going to make a big mistake every time you do that. You're going, to, you're going to have a man that's going to be not nice. But as you grow in wisdom, look at how one way he acquired wisdom. This is one way Jesus acquired wisdom. He went down with them, dad mom, to Nazareth and was subject to them. Jesus submitted to his earthly parents. He could have said, I'm God. He submitted. God Almighty in the flesh. Dad and Mom, I will submit. I will be home on time. I will clean my room. I will take out the trash. I will do my homework. I gave you an option here, parents, and you just sat there like, uh, 
Okay? Jesus was growing. He was growing in wisdom. He was growing in favor with God and men. Say, favor with God and men. Why is it important to obtain favor with God and with men? Well, how many people do you encounter during the course of a day? Your employer, your coworkers, people you meet and do business with, people you do transactions, choices all day long, people around you. You need favor with God and you need favor with men. You need the favor of the Lord working in your life. And then Jesus himself is talking about the person who learns how to become a person who's in partnership with God and walks as a partner with him through life's business. And says to that kind of a person, Luke 6, 38, shall men give into your lap. Now, the King James Version says into your bosom, and the Greek means your lap. Shall men give into your lap. It's where we get the, the phrase when people say, well, it just fell into their lap. No, it didn't just fall into their lap. Favor with God and with man is important. And God causes them to put it in your lap and turn it over to you. Wow. God's word is filled with promises of favor. For believers. And you ought to claim them over your family and claim them over your life and claim them in your walk. We live in a day where every newscast is depressing and every story leaves you feeling almost hopeless. But you ought to get up every morning and say to the Lord, Lord, give me favor with people I do business with today that I transact with today. Ask him for favor with God. I need favor with you. And I need favor with those that I come in contact with today. I need the favor of God in my life. And in a world that's so messed up, you're going to stand out like a light on a hill. And there's people are going to go, everybody else is, ooh, look at you. Yeah, it's favor with God. Favor with man. So say these with me. Read them. They're on the screen behind me. Psalm 5. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him as with a shield. Proverbs 13, 15. Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. Proverbs 14, 9. Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is favor. Every single man in here today, get ready. This one's for you. Proverbs 18, 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. If you're married, reach to your wife and say, you're my favor. When you came into my life, I obtained the favor of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And here's another eye-opener for you guys. And marry the one God has brought to you. 
you read carefully in the early verses of Genesis, when man was alone and God said, not good. It's very clear. This is what it says. And God brought to Adam one comparable to him. God designed. That was going to be the right fit in his life. So when you get anxious and you don't want to wait and you want to run, and we're going to watch Trainwreck, or at least not the optimal that you could have had. Listen to me. You follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and you'll obtain the favor of the Lord. Are you listening? One more, Proverbs 22.1. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. Some of you need to read that aloud because I didn't hear you. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. Listen to me. What does that mean? I'd rather have the favor of God in my life than all the wealth I could amass. Because if you're walking in favor, listen, if you're walking in favor, God will supply. Because he's my source and I have his favor. That means my father is going to take care of me. Because you could lose everything you've accumulated all by yourself tomorrow. If I'm walking in favor, God will take care of me. Psalm 37. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. Can anybody stand up and rejoice on that one? Anybody want to stand up and rejoice on that one?